Welcome to Vision of Zion. This is episode number 29. I have on the phone with me again today, Sean White. He's been a guest for the last few episodes. I want to make some uh, preliminary remarks before we get started. First of all, if you have any ideas or feedback for the podcast, you can email me at myvisionofzion at gmail.com. Myvisionofzion at gmail.com. Uh, in the future, I haven't told Sean this yet. Oh, by the way, hello, Sean. Hi, Craig. Uh, by the way, uh, there's a possibility we could do these uh, where people can attend live. We record this on Zoom, and so there's a possibility we can uh, announce a time when we're more organized and flowing with this. We could uh, either do video or just do uh, audio, and people can join in and ask questions as we go. I don't know if you knew that, Sean, but we can do that and then post the um, event still or the podcast and have it distributed. So there might be a, another format we can look at. I think that would be great. I, I didn't know that was possible. That would be good. Uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback the last uh, few episodes. People have uh, written or have commented to our guest or to his wife, uh, some feedback about some of the, his uh, memories that he has shared about his near-death experience. And I felt from the beginning that the purpose of this podcast was to give people hope. And I even hope a testimony in the plan of salvation in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how much he cares and loves each and every one of you. And we're going to get into that today, actually. And what we decided to do, uh, Sean and I, is we're just going to have a conversation and we have some ideas written down there's no way we can cover everything that we have uh, written down or plan to cover in the future but we're going to give it a try <laughs> as much as we can <laughs> see what we can cover so <clears throat> as i mentioned in a prior podcast i'm just going to lay some foundational points here okay as i mentioned in a prior podcast before sean Members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, strongly believe that there was a, a time when we existed before we were born. Now, most Christians will concede without a doubt that there is ample evidence that Jesus Christ, before he was born, uh, existed and, and into the eternities before he was born. I don't think there's any dispute among Christians who know and understand the scriptures that, that that is the case. But what a lot of people don't realize is that our lives began before we were born. And we had a also what we'll call a pre-mortal existence. Now, the scriptures I pointed out before, before I had Sean on as a guest was, first of all, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, where the Savior, excuse me, where the Lord tells Jeremiah, before I formed thee, thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before he was formed, before he was conceived, he was known by the Lord. And I gave some other references, but just think about that. There is ample evidence in the scriptures that even we existed before. Another example was, I can't give you the chapter and verse on this one, but Jesus was asked by contemporaries, probably Sadducees or Pharisees, 
they said a man, indicating a man who had a disability they said was this caused by uh him or was it his what is his parents that he was born this way and the savior didn't say no there's no such thing as you know people um not existing before that's that's a dumb question he he explained why you know this man had been born this way but had nothing to do with being sinful or his parents being sinful so we have more than two examples those are just two of them I, that come off the top of my head and i did cover this in an earlier podcast so the point in this podcast is not to establish whether we had a pre-mortal existence but we're going to assume that it is a uh, a forgotten doctrine by many although again there is there's uh there are hints of this in the scriptures so and, and what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about that pre-mortal existence and we're going to talk about how that is related to the last days and why you are here each one of you is here is it part of a plan and is there a purpose behind when we come to the earth and we have some scriptures that joseph smith jr the founder of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints when i say the founder we believe of course jesus christ founded the church but he was called as the first prophet and revealed the teachings that made the uh, restoration of the gospel in its fullness possible was through his instrumentation so anyway sean first of all and, and oh i'm sorry we're going to talk about how that relates to the last days and our preparation and why we're here and how we can utilize this information to um understand our role you know why am i here and we know many people are committing suicide in our day and age uh for fear and for other reasons and we want to talk about hey look at there's a reason that you've been you know put on the earth this time so sean first of all uh do you have i think you've indicated you have a recollection of living or a recollection of your pre-mortal existence before you were born is that correct yes i do and you know i've never been able to publicly share this before but i feel like this is the right time and the way we can share and maybe help open some things for others to understand why we're here you know and because it's such a choice time to live and such a you know just a really special time to think of the tying up of everything here on the earth and getting ready to meet the savior again it's so special you know it's uh really humbling to think about each one of us who is here is here only because we have ancestors who have survived you know they've survived sickness they survived um plagues they survived wars they survived uh, fighting against the elements all these things that are a part of life and were perhaps much harder back then before all the, these modern conveniences were were created and all these inventions that were inspired to be done we look back and think man how did i make it here with with all these centuries and thousands of years of people living how did i somehow i you know their genes and their their efforts survived for me to be able to be here today 
a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go back and live on the property in uh, the Una Basin where my family had homesteaded in 1905 and along this property and stuff was a wall that they had built by hand with only the tools they had on their horses at that time. And, and I, it was so special because I thought of the sacrifices and things they made so that I could be here. And I sat and wondered many a day if I could ever fulfill those footsteps, which they had set up for me to be here at this time and to help others. You know, the book of Malachi talks about the hearts of the children, children turning and turning to their fathers and, and vice versa. And there's something about having appreciation and maybe beyond pre appreciation, having an obligation to fulfill the promises that were made to the fathers that are to be fulfilled in each one of us. Yeah, it's so special to be a part of this and to connect and uh, try to understand because I know with assurity that, you know, it wasn't by chance that we got to live at this time and everything. I saw that people on the in the pre-existence voted that we should be here at this time, that we should sit in these seats here on earth because they thought that we were strong and well fit of all the posterity lines and things to sit at this time and to reach out and help others. And we all wanted to help one another be strong during these turbulent times. And I feel so blessed. I often call the days ahead of us the greatest fireworks show on earth. Like it took us 7,000 years to create this show. And there's no accident that we got front row seats or that we by happen chance got front row seats to this huge event the biggest event in the world <laughs> you know it's very clear from the scriptures that <clears throat> a lot of the things that are going to unfold in the future are a direct result of the lord making promises to certain people that events would occur do you agree with that totally in help guiding the way and help us to not be afraid so we're not like shocked when they arrive so I've been doing a lot of reading and listening and watching of uh, professors of Brigham Young University, uh, this was this last week, discussing Matthew chapter 24. And then I've also listened to a talk given by Dallin Oaks called, uh, I think it's called Preparing for the Second Coming, which he gave a few years ago, maybe six years ago, I think. And then... There was a 2002 BYU devotional given by M. Russell Ballard, also about the last days. And there are some very, you know, common themes among all of these. And one of the themes, the biggest theme is that what you just said, Sean, is that this information has been given to us to prepare so that we would not be taken by surprise. And and to be of good cheer also. Uh, there's a lot of ugly things that are going to happen, but there's also a lot of protection available and if we will have the foresight and the willingness to follow through on our promptings to get ready. There's so many opportunities, um, you know, and I think we mentioned it before that this is kind of like a big 
puzzle piece and that in a way Heavenly Father sent down many of us as sleeper agents, let's call it in a mystery movie, and we awake at a certain time and do our special job in which would help connect others and bring faith and uh, courage to those that are lacking. And so we sit and wait with our puzzle piece, not knowing how to use it, but knowing that we have a power and a strength that we came here with to connect with one another at this time. I'm going to have another friend on to describe her near-death experience over the next few weeks. She's uh, ready to go. And you and she have a common uh, element in both of your accounts, which is that information that you were shown or given was locked away for a significant number of years. And then at a certain point in time or certain points in time, things are remembered. Is that part of that sleeper part you're talking about? Exactly. That, um, you know, in a good mystery movie, you know, I mean, I'm awoken to memories and strong memories of things that happened in the past and and things that I promised to do at this time and commitments that I made to help. And it's one common theme among us NDEers is how it changes our lives in that we no longer value like gaining money or gaining this and we're more concerned about helping others and to lifting others and supporting others well that that's something you both you both share in common again is uh the um not wanting to disappoint um heavenly father or the savior because of the things you were shown needed to be done and i guess that these things are revealed to you as you know as the time approaches to get these certain things done uh, the information becomes clear or unlocked you know as i look at this time and everything and after my experience on the other side and the dreams and visions i've had it makes me feel so small like this is such a short period of time um, that we have here in fact when i met with elder g smith for my patriarchal blessing um, he outlined that it was only two and a half hour test that I was here for in this body. And I often think of some of the tests I took in college and things that were that length. And I think now I look back at them and they seem small and minuscule. And that's the way this life is going to feel when we are done with it. How, what a small period of time it was compared to the time that we'll have on the other side and rejoicing together. Yeah, I can't believe how fast the time goes. I look back and ask myself where 30 years went. It's it's hard to account for 30 years, um, how fast it goes. You well, know, when I celebrated our 40th anniversary, and it just was so shocking to think, you know, as our grandkids and our kids came together, that really had been 40 years we've been married. <laughs> unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Well, getting back to that point about not knowing everything at once, what our what our role is, it made me think, uh, did the Savior know his full mission at the moment of birth or when he was eight years old or 12 years old? When did Jesus fully understand and, you know, what his role on earth was while he was immortal? In the things that I have picked up of around that period of time and I've I've seen like parts of the history of the earth and things that he didn't immediately know but he did have many natural abilities 
as a child, which, you know, where he healed birds or where he healed, you know, I think uh, Sarah Manet had talked about that or, or one of them I listened to. And I know that without a shadow of a doubt, because I've seen it, that he healed animals and it was just natural to him. And he grew and was very talented with his hands and building with his father in the cabinets and things. And he just had a love for the wood and a love for the things around him. And as he grew in this, he could, things just kept opening up and opening up until I saw him begin to fast and pray and go off on his own when it was revealed to him everything that he needed to do. And that's when I really saw him starting his ministry and uh, bringing people together was after this period of fasting and praying. Well, I want to cover something because there's a parallel here about how the Savior came to be fully aware of what his role was and the ability to achieve it. And this is this is found in Doctrine and Covenants section 93. John, I believe, I mean, I don't know if this is John the Baptist or John the Revelator. I'm not sure, to tell you the truth. Uh, because it reads like John chapter 1, which is John the Revelator. But it also sounds like John the Baptist when he also witnessed things about his cousin, Jesus. So I'm going to guess John the Revelator, but I, I really am kind of guessing here. And, and maybe some audience, I mean, John the Revelator, in many of our eyes, was John the Beloved. Yes. To the Savior. The apostle whom Jesus loved, I think is how he describes himself in the book of John, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I bet every person that was an apostle could have written it, written that, but the fact that he felt, you know, so loved by, by the Savior, and he put it in those terms, I think was beautiful. But here's what he says. This is 93, verse 11. And I, John, bear record that I beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, even the spirit of truth, which came and dwelt in the flesh and dwelt among us. This is very close to the language in uh, John chapter 1, I think, verse 17. And this is the part that really intrigues me. And I'm going to skip to some verses after this. He says, And I, John, saw that he received not of the fullness at first, but received grace for grace. And he received not of the fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. And thus was he called the Son of God because he received not of the fullness at first. So this is how Jesus progresses. And then I want to skip skip these verses because here's the punchline in verse 19. I give unto you these sayings that you may know, excuse me. I give unto you these sayings that you may understand and know how to worship and know what you worship, that you may come unto the Father in my name and in due time receive his fullness. So what I like to say is we are also supposed to learn how to grow from grace to grace we're just not as graceful as the savior in doing it well i think the pattern of this is really likened to the pattern of all of us at least i've experienced this in how i have grown from period to period and you know this is one of the things that have we have enjoyed so much about our friendship and stuff is that i have all these memories and all these feelings and yet you've got all this knowledge and know where to look and find this and that has been 
such a strength to me as we can go back and forth like this and and we can learn in a deeper way by both of our experiences well the reason i bring these scriptures up is because i know there are people that say well we shouldn't just rely on an nde you know for our information and i get that i i totally understand that so but as you talk about things i find scriptural backing and support for them and i think they to the extent that we can show in the scriptures that the things that you're seeing and experiencing are right there in the scriptures it should give people a level of comfort that there's a just a different dimension of the same truth and that's so powerful and that's what we really need to look for is second and third witnesses and so forth to any doctrine or anything that we're looking at and as a husband and wife even i look to my wife when i talk about things to get a confirmation with her that we both feel the same way and we just need to do that everywhere in our lives.